With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected and picked up Mosey. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for Chronicles of Nania, featuring the man who this show is named for. He's the resident stat geek over at JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, we were going through the numbers on the Jets' 2020 draft class. Last week, we did Makai Becton and Denzel Mims, and this week I want to dive a little bit deeper, and we'll start with Ashton Davis, the safety from Cal, who went number 68 overall. And we talked about Denzel Mims' athleticism last week. Let's talk about Ashton Davis's athleticism. This is a guy who is elite off the charts for the safety position. We're talking a track star, somebody who won all kinds of awards. He was all Pac-12 in both football and track, which is really, really impressive. I think this is another guy that Joe Douglas looked at and liked the character because, remember, we're talking about all these people that were team captains. And so you go out and you get guys like Denzel Mims, like Makai Becton, like Ashton Davis, who all the teammates and coaches rant and rave about and talk about how great they are. So I would imagine that Ashton Davis's athletic numbers measure up really well against other safeties who've been drafted pretty high recently. Yeah, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see uh, any testing from Ashton Davis because he didn't run at the Combine. Uh, and he was going to do it as pro day, but then, you know, everything that has happened 
that happened, so he wasn't able to put any of those numbers out there. So we don't have uh, any numbers on him athletically to look at. But in terms of what he brings on the field, there's a lot to like. And versatility is the name of the game in the NFL now. Uh, I feel like there, the way things are presented in the media, there's a lot uh, still too much uh, in terms of just pigeonholing players to positions. And Davis is kind of a victim of that. He is a safety, you know, that if you're going to pick a position, that is one for him. But it's a lot more than just that, and that's the way it is for every player. There's so much rotation in the league now. But uh, versatility is something he brings to the table. Uh, he played 409 snaps at free safety this past season, 120 in the box, and 112 as a slot corner. So uh, he's able to take on a lot of different roles, and that is huge for a Jets defense that doesn't have a lot of talent at outside corner on at the edge uh, and definitely likes to move Jamal Adams around a lot. So he, he's really going to help them. Uh, just get the most out of Jamal Adams and Marcus May uh, and just continue to play into this defense that Greg Williams ran last season that has a lot of rotation uh, in the secondary. So he can play a lot of different roles uh, in coverage. That's obviously uh, what he's most known for, that track speed. And uh, particularly when he's lined up deep, that's where he's most comfortable. Uh, he, he had the fifth best coverage grade in the nation when playing single high safety over the past two seasons. So that's definitely where he's at his best. And obviously it's where he played his most as well. Uh, so Cal was aware of that, but he can play these other roles if you need him to. He does offer that, uh, but also he's a really good finisher downhill. His tackling is pretty good. He had the best run defense grade in the Pac-12 in 2018. It was above average again in 2019, and his tackling efficiency is pretty good. Uh, only missed eight tackles against 57 in 2019. That's a 12.3% miss rate. That was at the 70th percentile. Among all safeties in the running game, he only missed two tackles while making 21. Uh, and his miss rate was even lower before that, 27 to 18. He had a 10.8% miss rate. Uh, so tackling efficiency, he's really good with that. It, kind of similar to Marcus May. When you do need him to come downhill and defend the run, he can do that. Uh, although Marcus May's misses, when he does miss, are pretty ugly. Uh, we're talking about the Cleveland game right now against Odell Beckham. I still don't know what he was doing in that play. Uh, but May overall does finish pretty good uh, when he has to come down and make a tackle. Davis is very similar to that. Even though he doesn't do it a whole lot, he's efficient when you need him to. But overall, he brings that versatility. He can play slot corner for you. Uh, you probably don't want him to play in the box too much. He doesn't necessarily have the size for that, uh, at least uh, the last time we saw him on the field. But uh, free safety is where he's the strongest. He's very good in coverage when he's in that deep position. Uh, but he can come down and finish as a tackler uh, at a really good rate. Michael, one thing that I thought was interesting about him is that he put up some really good numbers that you were talking about in coverage, but he also put up some pretty eye-popping kick return numbers. You have to wonder if Brent Boyer is going to look at him and want to use him in that capacity. I know that if Greg Williams wants to use him in a high-profile role on the defense, there will be temptation to keep him out of that because you're worried about injury, but he's somebody that could potentially make a real impact in the kickoff return game. It's definitely something he offers. In 2017, he led the entire nation with 39 kickoff returns. Wasn't too productive with those. Only averaged 21.2 yards a return. But the following season, in 2018, he was second in the Pac-12 in yards per kickoff return with 26.2. And he didn't play too much on special teams in 2019 because, as you said, he became, uh, like if he would in the NFL, uh, he became a starter more regularly on defense uh, so that he didn't play too much on special teams. But he did return a couple of punts and was pretty productive with those for 14 and 19 yards. But uh, as 
whenever you have a guy like that who has that much athleticism, uh, until he does establish himself as a key part of either the offense or the defense, uh, the special teams coaches are going to want to get him out there and see if they can get anything out of him. The Jets kind of had a revolving door at kickoff returner last year. Vincent Smith, Ty Montgomery, even Braxton Berrios took a few. Uh, so, you know, Ashton Davis could definitely be in that conversation uh, to start out, depending on what his defensive role is. Uh, Vincent Smith ended up being uh, producing at a pretty good level as a kickoff returner, but he, I believe he only returned 10 kickoffs, so it was a small sample. Uh, so Davis definitely could be in that mix. What about coverage, Michael? I know you talked about how he was impressive as a single high safety, and I think ultimately that's where he'll end up full-time once Marcus May moves on at the end of the 2020 season. But what did you find in terms of his numbers? Because this is a kid who was all Pac-12 twice. Yeah, definitely. And I think that uh, his no- in 2019, from a numbers perspective, he did take a little bit of a dip. He did give up. Uh, uh, his numbers overall coverage were pretty average in 2019. 57th percentile passer rating, and 36th percentile in yards per cover snap. But you also have to consider that uh, he's doing what a lot of other safeties aren't. He's Like I said, he's playing some slot corner, comes down in the box sometimes. So uh, he's definitely taking on responsibilities most other cornerbacks are not. But I, I think his grades best sum it up because – Part, part of being really good at safety is just making sure the ball doesn't come your way in the first place. So the fact that his coverage grade as a single high safety over the past two seasons was the best in the nation probably leads you to believe that you know he's doing a good job playing his position, not letting the ball come his way. And when it does come his way, he's making some plays on it. Uh, he did make a couple of really good plays uh, in one game against Justin Herbert in Oregon. And uh, he, th- those two guys could face again this year. Davis could get to face uh, Justin Herbert when the Jets play the Chargers, depending on when that is, if Herbert is playing. But uh, overall in coverage, he did, in terms of uh, when he was targeted, pretty average this past season. But overall, I think he did do a really good job uh, when he was able to take that single high roll and be able to just kind of sit back, read the defense, and make plays on it. So in terms of his – that is one kind of a red flag in terms of if the Jets want to use him in slot coverage, convert him to cornerback, anything like that. Uh, because his on-ball coverage numbers aren't the greatest, but at the same time, uh, this is still a guy who has some projection involved. You know, he was uh, he did play football in high school, obviously, but it took him some time to make the team at Cal. Still has some work to do in terms of recognition, things like that, but is a tremendous athlete. So there is some project, uh, projection with him, and obviously you're drafting him for the most part to kind of make the most out of uh, his his tools as an athlete, but Still, at the same time, he had good enough instincts to be one of the best safeties in the Pac-12 over the past two years. But overall, I think the bottom line with him is that he's really good in that deep safety role and everything else. While he can do it, there still is a little bit more work for him in those areas. As far as tackling, he's not quite as advanced as he is with coverage, right? Well, he did tackle at a pretty efficient rate in terms of uh, his the frequency of his misses. Uh, over the past uh, in 2019, he was at the 70th percentile in tackling efficiency at about 12 percent. So he does tackle pretty good in terms of avoiding missed tackles. But uh, it definitely is uh, when you look at him and definitely his frame and everything. He's not exactly the guy who you want, like in a Jamal Adams role coming down, playing the edge or anything like that. But he does tackle at a pretty, pretty efficient rate. Somebody who has great athletic traits as well, but didn't produce quite as much as Ashton Davis did, certainly at a different position anyway, was Jabari Zaniga, the edge rusher from Florida who 
could be a 4-3 end or 3-4 linebacker. I guess we're going to find out soon enough. He was injured a lot in 2019, but in 2018 he flashed a lot. And I would imagine that you found some pretty interesting tidbits in terms of his athleticism and production because in 2018 he was pretty good in both areas. Yeah, and what's interesting with Zuniga is that in 2019 he only played uh, appeared in six games, one of them against Kentucky. Uh, he left the game pretty pretty early with an injury, but played in six games this past season. But when he was out there, and it was a small sample, but he played really well when he was uh, on the field in 2019. He had 19 pressures over 124 pass rush snaps. That's a 15.3% pressure rate. And if he did qualify, that would have ranked at the 94th percentile among edge defenders. He's active in the run game. Uh, had a run stop, which is a, uh, a run stop is a tackle when in the run game that is, you know, actually positive value for the defense. So like a stuff doesn't have to be behind the line, could be short tackle. But he had seven run stops on 64 run defense snaps, 10.9% rate. That would have been fourth best among all edge defenders. So small sample, but he played really well when he was healthy this past season. But uh, past couple of seasons before that, 2017 and especially 2018, that's when he played the most and uh, was the most healthy. Uh, he put up. He was not able to ha- play at quite the level he did at that 2019 small sample, but he still played pretty well. Uh, he over 1,015 snaps, 22 games from 2017 to 18, 65 pressures on 100 or 521 pass rush snaps. That's a 12.12.5 percent rate. That would have been at the 82nd percentile. Uh, his run defense was pretty good as well. Had 30 run stops over that time. Uh, 6.1% rate, 55th percentile. So he was producing at a pretty good uh, a pretty good rate uh, when he was healthy back in 2018. His pass rushing was pretty good in terms of efficiency. So like you said, his, uh, his athleticism really, is really good as well. 464 in the 40, that, that's at the 87th percentile among edge. Uh, so athletically, he does bring it to the table production-wise as well. And again, I think one of the big things to remember is that everyone's pretty good that's getting drafted. That's why they're here because uh, there's so many players in, in college football and only the best of them are getting drafted. So most of these guys are going to have really good production. It The biggest thing is you want to see by looking at the tape, by looking at their character, everything like that, how likely those numbers are to translate. Uh, but with Zuniga, he definitely has production that you can build off of, especially as a pass rusher. Uh, and he was showing some signs of pretty major improvement early in 2019 before injuries Kind of, uh, kind of destroyed his season. He actually returned twice uh, before missing more games. He had three separate stints of missed games with a high ankle sprain in 2019. So he kept trying to come back, uh, wasn't able to, did eventually return for their last game of the season, a bowl game. But uh, in the, the time that he was out there, especially early in the season, seemed like he was going to have a breakout year, but I uh, wasn't able to stay healthy enough to do that. But his pass rushing production was pretty solid at, at when he was in college for the Gators. He flashed elite athleticism, but his teammate, LaMichael Pirine, did not. He had some pretty solid production, but like you said, you have to look at how likely that is to translate to the pro level. So when you looked at the stats and you looked at the athletic numbers, how likely do you think it is that it translates? Yeah, I think Pirine's interesting because he had really good volume production, but I, the efficiency wasn't necessarily the best. And definitely we were looking for uh, like when you're looking for really special traits, like something that you can build off of, whether it's speed, shiftiness, quickness, receiving ability, things like that. There isn't much in terms of, you know, him having that one signature skill 
that you could really build off of. But, you know, he's a pretty well-rounded player, and Bilal Powell is uh, a comparison that he gets a lot. And I think it definitely makes sense because when you look at his game, evaluate your strengths and weaknesses. Again, there isn't the, he doesn't really have the most amazing traits that, you know, could make him a superstar, but he is pretty well-rounded. Uh, for that reason, he could be good. He could be a pretty good backup or a decent spot starter. And whether or not you think that's worth his draft position, that's another argument. I'm not exactly sure it was, but he does have, I think, a pretty decent floor just because of how well-rounded he is, how many different things he could do well. Uh, in the receiving game, he's pretty involved. He had 40 receptions in 2019. That was tied for the seventh most among FBS running backs, and he had five receiving touchdowns. That was tied for the second most drops. He's been pretty good with those. Only two drops in his career on 72 catches. That's a 2.7% drop rate. So his hands are really good. He's not necessarily the most dynamic receiver. His yards per reception numbers are pretty low because most of his catches are checkdowns. But uh, the drops, keeping those low, is definitely a plus. Ball security is really good. No fumbles in 2019. Just one fumble in 2018. So uh, these are things Powell does well, and that's why I think he's a really good comparison. That's part of what Powell really brings to the table. Pass blocking, he's reliable there. He doesn't give the ball away in terms of fumbles. He doesn't drop the ball. Just these little things that aren't, again, not they're not game-changing abilities, but from uh, over the course of you know a whole season, uh, multiple seasons, the, the fewer drops you can have, the less – the last times you fumbled the ball, you're just saving possessions, saving plays for your team, and it's value that adds up over the long term. And that's a really good trait for a backup running back. So he does bring those to the table. Uh, but overall, I think I think those are the primary things: ball security, his ability to be involved as a receiver, even if he's not the even if he's not necessarily Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or anything like that. He doesn't drop the ball, he doesn't fumble it, and those are the those are probably the top two things with Piran. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I've said a few times that I feel like P. Ryan is basically projecting to be an okay running back at the NFL level. You've sort of hinted at this, Michael. He's not bad at anything, but he's not especially good at anything. You think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I think so, because there just aren't too many things that he's really bad at, but he's also not great at anything. Uh, the drops and ball security, again, are those are two things he's really good at, but they're just not needle-moving abilities. You'd like to have all of your running backs be good at that. It's very important, but it's not a huge value. You know, It's not something that adds a ton, a ton of value. It's not like you're going to draft a guy because his ball security is good, uh, but he is good at those things. And the after-contact game is where his numbers are interesting. He did average 3.73 yards after contact per rush attempt. That was at the 79th percentile. But at the same time, he didn't break a ton of tackles either. That's something he really struggled with. He had 24 missed tackles forced on 132 carries. That's uh, That average per carry is only at the 31st percentile among qualifiers. So doesn't break a ton of tackles. And again, when you're putting that, you know, kind of that kind of filter on these numbers in which we're looking at, okay, all these guys are really good. They should be going to the NFL. They should be really good. Uh, if you rank 31st percentile at something that's that major elusiveness for a running back, uh, even though it might only be below average in college, if we're comparing that against other guys who are, you know, going good enough to go to the NFL, it's definitely among the worst in the draft class. So he does struggle, does not force a lot of missed tackles. Even though he does have the good yards after contact number, he did get 87 of those yards on one play. And if you take those yards out of it, uh, his average definitely goes way down. So uh, he's def- elusiveness is something he doesn't really bring to the table. And uh, if you're looking for a back who could actually add a lot of value uh, in the, whether it's in the running game or the receiving game, but particularly on the ground, if you're really going to add a lot of value uh, independent of what your offensive line does, you've got to break tackles. And that's something that P Ryan did not really do that well. Michael, let's talk about the pick after P. Ryan, and that, of course, is Captain Morgan. I think that unless something was horribly, horribly wrong, he's never going to see the football field, which is part of why I thought this was a questionable draft pick. But there are reasons that he would have been picked in the fourth round and the Jets weren't the only ones interested. I'm sure that you've got numbers that would show exactly why that is. Yeah, well, with Morgan, I think it really comes down to what he did in 2018. He kind of put himself... On the map that season, he trans, uh, transferred from Bowling Green to Florida International, and he had a really good 2018 season. Uh, his passer rating that season was 157.6. His NCAA passer rating, so they calculate it differently, but his passer rating that season was the best in Conference USA, one of the best marks in the history of that conference. 26 touchdowns, 7 picks, uh, 8.4 yards per attempt. Uh, he, he was just very good that season. I think he put himself on the mat but this past season uh he did play through a knee injury throughout most of the season but was not able to come close to what he did in 2018 his production did overall take a pretty big dip his completion percentage 58 percent and i'm not a big completion percentage guy but it's definitely below the threshold although he did deal with drops quite a bit his teammates dropped uh, about nine percent of his passes that was a really uh, a very high number so they didn't help him out 
in that regard, but still only 7.2 yards per attempt, which while it would be solid in the NFL is not quite a number you want to see from a prospect, 14 touchdowns, five picks, which isn't a bad ratio, but uh, PFF did tag him with more turnover worthy plays uh, with 18 of those. So that suggests that he probably had a lot of dropped interceptions, uh, more of those than big time throws with 14. And uh, that, that's kind of a subjective stat right there, the big time throws, but still it's not the best ratio uh, if you're looking for an NFL prospect, if, if we're putting it nicely. But deep passing is something that he struggled with uh, on passes over 20 yards downfield in 2019. He was at the eighth percentile in passer rating, 67.2, and that's NFL passer rating. Uh, 12th percentile in completion, uh, completion percentage on those throws, 27.3%. 17th percentile in yards per attempt with 96 on those throws on, on the deep throws. So overall the deep throwing something that he struggles with his touch on those. But even if you look at his highlights, a lot of his throws that are completed were very, very well underthrown. So deep throwing something that he struggles with, not very efficient on those. And just overall, he took a step back in 2019, but 2018, I think is definitely the biggest thing. I feel like he put himself on the map with that teams understand that he played through an injury this season uh, but you could still see the flashes, the arm talent. Uh, he grew up in Green Bay, very close to Lambeau Field. He Maybe he has that Brett Favre gutsiness in him. Uh, but the deep throwing something he struggles with. Uh, in 2018, he played really well. But intermediate passing, he does do that pretty well. Uh, he completed 56% of his intermediate passes in 2019 for 10 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no picks, uh, and had a 90.7 passing grade from PFF on those that's 17th best in the nation. So intermediate throwing, he still showed uh, some flashes in 2019. One thing I'm curious about, Michael, is you know that there's going to be a lot of pressure because this line is still a work in progress. So let's just say Captain Morgan had to get rushed into the game because some sort of crazy scenario happens where Sam Darnold gets hurt and David Fales gets decapitated or whatever it is that happens that causes Captain Morgan to get onto the field. He'd have to presumably deal with a fair amount of pressure. How did he do against pressure when he was at FIU? I mean, if David Fales got decapitated, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Captain Morgan to be the guy to blame for that with his sword <laughs> kind of walking around Florham Park. But uh, the thing is, if he did have to deal with pressure, he does have a pretty good resume there. 48.8% completion percentage in 2019 under pressure. That was at the 77th percentile, 71.6 passer rating, 66th percentile. So uh, did a decent job, especially when you consider uh, he was dealing with uh, knee injury throughout most of the season when he was under pressure and he doesn't take sacks. That's another thing. Uh, another Brett Favre comparison for the green Bay kid, only 12 sacks taken in 2019 third fewest among all quarterbacks in college with at least 300 dropbacks. So he does get that ball out uh, and his interceptions are relatively low for a guy who does get the football out pretty quickly. Although he did have quite a few dropped interceptions based on his high number of turnover worthy plays, but, uh, in 2019, he did do a pretty respectable job, all things considered, under pressure. Anytime you can go out on a question involving decapitation, you got to do it. So that's where we'll leave things this week. We'll get back into the talk about the rookie numbers next week when Michael comes back on to take us through the rest of the rookie class. In the meantime, make sure that you check out all the great work that Michael's putting up over at JetsXFactor.com. And follow him on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. If you haven't given this show a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. 
easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.